Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, a part of the amazing FBA family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, co-hosted by myself, Michael Vizi, and Jason Miles, top 1% Shopify store owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving e-commerce business, look for The E-Commerce Leader on your favorite podcast app and subscribe today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the 10K Collective podcast, a podcast that's a subset of the amazing FBA podcasts sort of family that is for six, seven, eight figure Amazon sellers. And a lot of people struggle at that point with outsourcing and getting VAs on. Today, we've got Nathan Hirsch, who's the man for VAs or virtual assistants or outsourcing generally from Outsource School, great outsourcing expert, long-term e-commerce entrepreneur, also the creator and then seller of FreeUp. So all-round expert in, in outsourcing. So great to have you back on the show. Welcome back, Nathan. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always good to be here. Yeah, it's always great to have your energy and you're your really great at cutting to the chase. So let's talk about SOP creation, talking of cutting to the chase, because we, we, we've caught up on where coronavirus is at in our respective countries. It's, it's going on. <laughs> so e-commerce is booming, coronavirus is booming. So uh, meanwhile, we've got to run our businesses. So SOP, standard operating procedures, obviously a lot of people talk about it. Everyone knows they should have them. But then the reality of making them, is a lot more challenging, right? So how do you even go about approaching this subject with somebody who wants to start to outsource and start to systematize their business better? So I think a lot of people are in the mindset of virtual assistants for very low level tasks, right? Like the data entry, the, the busy work and all of that. I mean, we use virtual assistants for, for very high level stuff. Like they do sales calls. If you go to outsourceschool.com, you can book a call with one of my VAs and high level stuff. Obviously that doesn't apply for Amazon sellers, but you can do it for lead generation or customer service or project managers, team leaders, running PPC campaigns. So the, the more high level the role is, the more important that standard operating procedure is as well. So the way that we like to, to structure SOPs is breaking it down into three parts, the why, the steps, and the important reminders. And I'll also add in that we have a software called Simply SOP that we created because we were sick of using the Google Docs and the looms of the world to kind of put it all together. And it kind of keeps it all in one place, makes it easy to update, easy to share. So with the why, you want to tell the VA why they're doing this task. How does it impact the big picture? What are the goals? What does success and failure look like? And you want to make this as black and white as possible. What I'll even do is I'll put in like what past bad VAs look like if there were some. I remember with FreeUp, we, we went through like three or four bookkeepers before we hired a, a good one. And FreeUp at the beginning, hiring a, a billing bookkeeping person was incredibly important. We were billing clients, we were paying freelancers, really important that all that is accurate and done on time every single week. So before he even got to the steps of, hey, you bill clients on this day, this is how you log into Stripe. It was, hey, here are all the things the last bookkeeper did that are not what we want. This is what success looks like. Here's how it, it affects the business, good or bad, if you're doing billing right. So before he even got to the steps, he had all that information very, very clearly. And he also had the expectations of, of what was going to have to happen for, for him to keep his job. Then you have the steps of, hey, you're, you're breaking it down by dates, you're breaking it down by times, who does what when in every single situation. And what I like to remind people here is, 
I've never been the, the type of person to just sit down for eight hours and just write out SOPs. I usually just chip away at it a little bit each day, 10 minutes here, 15 minutes here, and you get the SOP to 70, 80%, and then you kind of use the VA to make the SOP better, giving them ownership of the SOP so that as you improve processes, as they come up with ideas, they're working on more of the steps. They're usually not changing the why, but they'll help improve the actual steps of the SOP. And the last thing that, that we started doing way back with our Amazon business that, that actually happened because someone emailed seller performance instead of seller support and it caused a, a lot of issues is we put in all the important reminders. Instead of hiding the really important stuff in step 10, part C, we took all the important stuff and at the end put a refresher of all of it. So anything that's going to drive you crazy, anything that you're going to be very upset with that the virtual assistant messes up, those all need to go at the bottom. And if you have a virtual assistant who's missing the important reminders that you're laying out there as, hey, here are the important stuff, that's usually a big red flag as well. So when you divide SOPs into the why, the steps and the important reminders, you'll start to see a lot more success with the people that you hire. Tons to take on board there. I guess what is interesting to me is you're defining what bad looks like as well as success. Can you give an example of that? You said your bookkeepers, you got through what, three of them before you found the fourth one was good. What kinds of things would you find in a situation like, like that, that you'd say, this is what bad looks like, don't do this? So it turns out if you have a marketplace for freelancers and you don't pay the freelancers on time, they get very, very upset. So we learned that very early on and we made it very clear that VAs need to be paid by Thursday at a certain time, which is also important to us. We want to pay people on time. And so no matter what happens with the bookkeeper's personal life, whatever it is, and they have some team people, they have some assistants underneath them as well, they need to be prepared so the freelancers always get paid on time. Same thing if customers ask for a refund, same thing with transferring money because we would pay people out of Payoneer, but receive money in Stripe. So we had to make sure that we were transferring the money from Stripe to Payoneer with enough time for that transfer to go through. So lots of small stuff in there that seemed like a small deal, like, oh my God, I didn't send the transfer yesterday, I'll send it today. But then the money's not there in time to, to pay the freelancers, it ends up being a, a much bigger deal. And, and I could go on and on. That's just one specific example. But that's really useful to have a concrete example. Yeah. So basic things like, you know, paying people on time. So it, I guess it comes down to your thing, like the important things you're going to be really upset or other people will be really upset to the point of quitting or, or you know, quitting as a client, cleaning as, a, as an employee or as an engaged person if you don't do it. So that's, that's worth knowing about. So Tell me a bit more about this thing. So you, you don't sit down and write your SOP in one go. And you do it piecemeal and you get it to 70, 80% and then give the VA ownership of it to improve it. That, that sounds really good in theory. Tell me a bit more about how you would go about that in practice. Yeah. And the other thing I'll add is we really like having team leaders and assistant team leaders. Once you get to the point where you have seven, eight, nine virtual assistants, you don't want all the virtual assistants reporting to you. You want to have someone that, that's actually managing them. And I like to promote internally. I don't want to have to pry someone from another company, overpay them, and then not even know if they're good until I actually train them on my business. It's not impossible, but very, very risky. But I also don't want to wake up one day and say, hey, I need a team leader, but I don't know who that team leader is going to be. And the way that you avoid that is you give your virtual assistants ownership of the SOPs up front. That means once they learn the task, you're, you're going to make sure that they are constantly thinking of ways to improve the SOP. You're going to challenge them to come to meetings with ideas, with feedback, with bottlenecks. And you're, you as a business owner will probably come up with new ideas as well. I know Connor, my business partner and I, we're always bouncing stuff back and forth. We're always looking at data and seeing what changes we can make. 
But as you get all these different teams and virtual assistants, you have a lot of SOPs. When we sold FreeUp, we had six different teams and each team had like 50 pages of standard operating procedures. So that's a lot of stuff for Connor and I to keep updated. Instead, we would give the VAs early on ownership of the SOP where, hey, if we say that something's changing, it's their job to go in and change it in the SOP. That's the basics of it. But then it's also up to them to add screenshots, add videos to the SOP, make it easier for the next person with the goal of that virtual assistant moving on to a bigger and better task and training someone else. And we had this happen with Outsource School. My virtual assistant, Anna, started off running my inbox. We have an inbox management training that people can check out at Outsource School. She mastered it. She helped us make the SOP better and more clear because whenever you're starting a new business, the, the SOP changes relatively quickly. She was way too good for inbox. So we made her a team leader. She now does live coaching calls in our Outsource School Facebook group. She does sales calls, very high level stuff. And someone else came in, used her drastically improved SOP that she helped make better to quickly learn inbox and take that task over for less money. So that's really how it should work. And the VAs that take take control and ownership of the SOPs end up usually becoming the, mo- the better team leaders or becoming great team leaders if that's what they actually want. Amazing. So you're basically using one, you got a, you're killing two birds, one stone, at least as we would say in the UK. I don't know if that's a thing in the US. Maybe, maybe killing yes. two birds <laughs> is seen as really bad. But basically, um, on the one hand, you, you clean up the SOPs. Well, I guess it's several things. Number two, you're identifying potential team leaders, which is huge. And I take your point entirely like somebody from inside your business you know them you know they're good you don't have to overpay them to to get them to make a big change it's an upgrade for them it's so it's just an easy sale if you like so i really like that that identifier of of you know why it's important to promote internally and also i guess what you're getting is ownership as you said as well yeah there's lots of virtues i can really see that i mean i've tried to do that what do you think of the main traps that you see other people who are trying to get people to do their own sort of getting their VAs to do their own upgrading as it were a refinement of SOPs what are the main traps to avoid there that you've seen entrepreneurs fall into so there's a certain level that you want to have a VA prove themselves before you move on to the next step. And it starts off with the interview, right? Like if someone doesn't have a good interview, they don't move on to the onboarding. With the onboarding, you set expectations. If you're not on the same page with the VA on expectations, they don't move to starting their first day of work. But even past that, but let's take a sales virtual assistant, for example. They have to prove to me that they learn my business. Before I do any sales training, I'm just giving them podcasts, blog articles. I'm making them take my courses, like all of that stuff. And they just have to prove that they understand my business because the last thing that I want to do is train them for two months, then realize they don't even understand my business to begin with, which makes it impossible for them to do sales. So after they learn the business and prove to me they learn the business, then I have them learn our script, learn our sales pitches. Because again, if they don't know our scripts, they're not going to be good salespeople. Prove to me they learn it. Then I have them do calls where I pretend to be the salesperson and they pretend to be the client and they have to pass that and show that they actually understand where a client will be coming from. And finally, vice versa, they're the salesperson, I'm the client, and then finally doing real calls. So there, and I left out a few steps there, but the VA doesn't move forward to the next step until they prove themselves on the step where they're on. And that's where a lot of entrepreneurs mess up. Is and the same thing applies for customer service. Like I, you have to understand the the products you're selling on Amazon before you teach them how you want customer service done. So a lot of people won't break it down into steps. They'll just train the person in one big brain dump of information 
And then the VA is not very good. They've already invested a month into training the VA. And then the client says, hey, I don't want to invest any more time to train people. It's not worth it. That was a huge waste of time. But if you do it my way, if the VA doesn't get your business, they're not taking that next step. I've only invested a small amount of time and hopefully I have SOPs that make it even smaller amount of my own time. And that is the correct way to go about hiring and avoiding what I call the, the training trap. Wow, this is amazing stuff. As ever with you, Nathan, just firing out value, bam, bam, bam. Yeah, so I guess what I'm taking from that is don't do things in one big lump, turn it into steps. And I guess, therefore, in itself, the hiring process has to be, it, it, I guess what you're saying is it's not just the hiring process, it's like any change in responsibility, any upgrade, and you know, any closer they get to interaction with real customers, whether they're current customers in customer service or potential customers in sales, they've got to kind of earn their way through step by step right that's, that's really profound actually because i think it's very very easy to just brain dump at somebody and then go right go and do that thing and then just forget them for a week and then come back go you're rubbish you're fired i've done that before i try really hard not to do that now so what are the do's and don'ts when it comes to sops that we've missed out here you've got the why you've got the steps you've got the important reminders what are the other classic errors that people make when they're creating sops so to kind of build off of the the training thing i avoid one-on-one -on -one training from day one that's what the sops are there for so i let's take customer service for example i i've trained large customer service teams i did it with my amazon business i did it with free up doing it now with outsource school I'm not going to hire the person on day one, start doing one-on-one -on -one training with them. Their first day, week, hour, just depending on how long the SOP is, their goal is to just learn that SOP. We're there to support them. We're there to answer any questions they have. My whole team is there to support them, but it's their job, paid time to go through the SOP and ask questions. And so by doing it that way, yes, you're losing a little bit of money paying them, but you, you're going to have to pay to train them anyway. And I believe in paying people for their time, but you're not wasting your own time. So if you get to that end of the first step and they don't get it, then you just pay them the few hundred bucks and you get someone else. If you get to the end of the week and they do get it, then maybe they get 80% of it and you do the one-on-one -on -one training to get them that last 20%. Plus you use it as an opportunity to make your SOP better and have them update the SOP. So Again, just a kind of switching the mentality around training to make sure you're always valuing your time at the highest possible level. I guess one of the complaints people have about outsourcing is I don't have time to do that because I don't have time to do all this sort of hiring, firing, training, onboarding. And I guess at least if you created the SOPs, then you you are not also then locked into masses of training time with what the way you're doing it. I suppose it's called a managing by exception, right? Here's the SOP. Come back to me with the stuff you don't understand and the stuff you do understand we'll just get on with using it and then we'll monitor and make sure you have actually understood it. So how do you deal with that whole question? I remember when I was taught to teach English as a foreign language, the worst uh, way of checking if somebody's understood is to say, do you understand? Because that's very kind of anyone in any culture is not going to want to look stupid and in front, especially in front of the boss. And they're going to say, yes, I get it, boss. So that's not a good way to check people have understood a task. So how do you go about making sure that when people say I've got it, that they really have got it. Yeah. And sometimes with virtual assistants, you kind of have to break them out of the habit that, that questions are bad and, and kind of switch it that, hey, we love questions. We encourage questions. If you're not asking questions, that's actually a, a red flag to us because a lot of times virtual assistants, they'll think that if they ask a question, it makes them seem like they don't know it and that's going to jeopardize their job in some way. So first, we try to get them out of that mentality. And the easiest way to get them out of the mentality is to have other VAs that know your culture, know how you do things, and they'll usually talk to the newer VAs and ease that and change that around. 
But what you really want to do is have the VAs explain stuff in their own words. I'm training a sales VA right now and I say, hey, tell me about outsource school. I can tell pretty quick when they tell me about outsource school, if they actually understand outsource school or if they just tried to memorize some sentences I gave them from a script from there. And you can do the same thing with your products on Amazon. You can do the same thing. Hey, tell me how customer service works. Try to avoid the yes or no answers. Very similar to when we do interviews and onboarding. We're not like, hey, do you have other clients? Yes or no. It's what are your other clients? What are your schedules for them? Tell me about what you're doing for those clients, making it more open-ended so you get the actual information. And if you're getting one-word responses, those are usually red flags as well. I like it. No questions, basically open-ended questions. And you're getting people to do things in their own words makes a lot of sense, really. I was just reflecting on how much I do that. And I think not much. <laughs> I generally say something like, do this big list and make that into an SOP doc and do you get it? Any any questions? And I, I kind of have a, a bad question, habit of going, make sense, question mark, or do you get it? Or is that okay? Which is kind of the same thing as, do you understand? So I need to kind of get into the habit of, of changing that around, really. What other things are we missing about SAP creation? And what, what are the other things that you see that people could do better? Because you work with an awful lot of entrepreneurs hiring your staff now, and, and now you're training people these days. What, what classic areas do people make that we could change around easily? So we kind of learned this a hard way. I mean, videos are better than text. They, they just are. People learn from videos better. A combination of video and text are great, but videos can be an absolute pain because if you're like me, your SOPs probably get outdated really quick. And then you have to hire a video editor or refilm the whole video. So that's kind of why we created our tool, Simply SOP. And if people go to simplysop.com, they can check it out. It's also included in Outsource Goal for, for people that join. But what it allows you to do is record videos, but as you're recording them, you're marking steps as you go. So if you if you upgrade step two, you can just go into the software and say, hey, let's replace step two, refilm just that, put it in and, and update the text. Or you can even send it over to your VA, assign them to do it, and they'll still update your database of, of um, SOP. So if you can't use the, the, if you don't want to use Simply SOP or you don't want to use video, text is okay, but a much better way to go about it is to have a video and text component. You never know whether the VA is going to be better at reading or better at, at watching videos in terms of their, their learning style. So having both, again, it's all about saving you time, shortening the learning curve and having really good processes in your business. And yeah, there's a number of softwares around the SOP sort of market now, and that, that sounds really smart. So I think the idea of updating videos can become enormous pain. For example, I created a massive course far too big a while ago, which was aimed more at Amazon and sellers than VAs, but actually it's the same kind of difference. It's the sort of thing I used to train my own internal people in the past. And the trouble is exactly what you just said, especially something like Amazon, the the interface changes, the, the exact details change in one or two ways, but 90% of it's the same. And then you're faced with, oh my God, I've got 300 videos to record. So I, I absolutely hear what you're saying there. I mean, yes, I think that's an important thing to check out. So simply sop.com. What are the other issues that you come across with SOPs uh, creation? We covered a lot of the basics. I mean, we have a whole SOP training on, on teaching people how to do that. And, and I think when we provide different cheat sheets and templates that, that people can plug into your business. Now, for example, the inbox, which we talked about, having a VA run your inbox. We have a whole training how to do that. We provide you all the documents and the step-by-steps, but the types of emails that I get are going to be slightly different than the types of emails you get. So we have a cheat sheet that people will go through. They'll label the certain emails they get, and it's still the same SOP, it's still the same structure, but there's certain details in that SOP that vary from business to business. And I think a lot of people get obsessed with like, hey, I just want to take this SOP and do zero work and plug it into my business. Usually there's some element of customizing it. And you'll see this with Amazon sellers. I mean, Amazon selling is 
on a high level, the same for everyone, but on a smaller level, very, very different for everyone. So you have to be able to look at someone else's SOP or structure or train changes and make the necessary changes that make sense for your business. Yeah. So I guess what you're saying is nothing is entirely just plug and play. You've got to, got to customize it to your business, which does make sense. All right. So, well, this is amazing stuff. I, I'm not sure what else to say about this because well, I either need to kind of do like a 10 <laughs> hour video course on this or nothing really. Tell us a little bit more about the, the ready-made solutions you've got for this stuff. Obviously I had a look on Outsource School today and, and every time I look at Outsource School, you guys are, it's just the, the growth curve is incredible because you only started it a few months ago and it feels like you started it three years ago based on the amount of material you've got, which is amazing. So, and obviously you've got an incredible amount of detailed knowledge in this sector. So what sort of trainings can people get from you and how do people access that stuff? I spent years struggling to hire virtual assistants and doing a ton of trial and error. But once I finally figured it out, I mean, it changed my life. I sold over $25 million on Amazon, scaled eight figure, scaled free up to eight figures and sold it completely run by virtual assistants. No office, no US and employees. And once we finished the sale and the transition, we set out to show other entrepreneurs our systems and give them systems they can plug into their business. So if you do join Outsource School, you're going to be able to hire rockstar virtual assistants quickly whenever you need to using our unique hiring process. You're also going to get access to trainings on how to build different roles and teams inside your business. And all these trainings come with templates and cheat sheets and things you can plug into your business to save time. And we release a new training every single month from customer service, lead gen, team leaders, SOPs, all this stuff coming out. We also have support and community to help you avoid hiring issues and costly turnover. And you can join for 97 bucks a month or 997 for the year. And if you use coupon code AMAZINGFBA, you save 20% on the yearly plan. So you get an additional two free months just for using coupon AMAZINGFBA. Excellent. Well, we've done our obligatory pitch at the end. So yeah, I, I certainly, if I'm talking about outsourcing, your name inevitably comes up. I've referenced you a number of times on the new podcast with Jason Miles, um, Alm, which is the e-commerce leader, by the way, which is, we're definitely both fans of yours because we're just naturally referencing your stuff. So you are the go-to guy for outsourcing as far as I'm concerned, it's particularly in the e-commerce space. I mean, I know you're not limited to that at all, but you've got that strong background understanding of what Amazon sellers need from you're doing it yourself. So, you know, I've got to say that you are the go-to guy for that. So if anyone's thinking about outsourcing, I would always send them your way anyway. So it's always good to get some wisdom straight from the horse's mouth. Any final sort of tips about SOP creation? If somebody's sort of on the fence, they're about to somebody finally commit some time and energy to it. Final one or two tips for those people. You want to own the systems in your business. I've seen it so many times where people want the, the done few solution. They want to hire an Amazon agency that, that comes in and they bring their own systems. And there's a certain time and a place for that. You can't master everything, but you want to own as many systems as you possibly can. If you do not own the core systems of your business, you're always at risk that someone else is going to raise their price, decide not to work with you, hurt your business in some way. The more systems you own, the better. And the way that you own your systems is with great SOPs. Amazing. Can't follow that. Nathan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the 10K Collective podcast, part of the family of amazing FBA podcasts. 
Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader. The podcast is hosted by yours truly and Jason Miles, multi-million dollar Shopify owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be, it's got your name on it. For free guides and mini courses on many topics, go to www.theecommerceleader.com.